Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Sounds like we have a really bad connection here at Seth and John Sports Radio. Sean Palmer here, Seth in the car. We are working on getting the connection a little bit better. Seth, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Okay, you're fading in and out. You're you're a little choppy, so maybe it's my connection. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you talk. I'm gonna call right back in. Have at it. Talk about the World Cup. World Cup's kind of important right now. Okay, I guess I'll talk about the World Cup also because we know Sean doesn't really want to. Um, well, halfway through, eight teams le- in, eight teams left to go in the next four days. U.S. still not there. Panama, still embarrassing that the U.S. couldn't beat them out. No, Argentina looked great today. Win on a 90th minute goal. They're in. France has a look- Argentina, France was an amazing second round game around the 16. Um, good for Russia. They're going out, I guess, good for Spain and Portugal, although I'm not sure Iran and Morocco were better than they were. Um, it's a fun. Look, it's fun having able to watch these games at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's fun. You know, it's kind of the Olympics. That every four years, it is a blast to watch it. It's just a damn shame that, I have, that there really is no rooting interest for me. Um, I'd like to see Belgium win simply well because they're Belgium and why not? Because I picked them before the series before it started. But um, it just makes me happy to see Italy not make it in the first place. But it's been a fun, it's been a pretty fun tournament to watch so far. Other than the France game today, which was bloody awful. You back? Wait, so so who who yeah who won the France game today was a zero zero tie, right? I mean, awful game, awful. Okay, so I watched. Yeah. I actually watched most of it because we had it on the big screen at the at at the uh, at the office. So why? Wait, did Russia make it in or did they lose? Because I, I'm not as caught up as you are here. Russia made it in. Russia won their okay. first two games and then got then lost to Uruguay yesterday. So they are the two. They are the second team in their division. Uh, so they're playing. I, I want to say Spain, but I could be wrong. Okay, fair so, enough. I mean, Spain, Spain won their division. Uh, to be honest, it kind of seemed like both Iran and Portugal, Iran and Morocco, put on better performances than Spain and Portugal did, other than that amazing first game. Um, so. Portugal plays Uruguay. Yeah, Portugal plays Uruguay, which is kind of a 50-50 game. And then you have Spain versus Russia in the uh, in the in playing playing as well, where Spain will obviously be the big favorite. Okay, so after so we're into the we're into the knockout rounds, right? We're halfway through. We have remember there's eight divisions. Four of them were through. Four of them still have to have to finish putting together the knockout. Teams. 
So that'll be over the next three or four days. Next two days, excuse me. Okay. So, so as of now, look, I'm going to keep asking you this throughout the entire the entire tournament. Who's the most impressive? Okay. Who's the most impressive right now? Where 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 are we standing? Going, we're in week two, right? So, who do you foresee going out? Who's the least impressive going forward? And who's been the most impressive going forward? Oh, going backward, okay. obviously. All right. Um, Belgium has looked really, really good. They play England, I think, on Thursday. And what's interesting is they have the exact same plus or minus. So if they tie, they have to go to what's called the fair play rule to see who wins, yeah, to see who wins the, uh, the division. Okay, before I get so worked up over this stupid fair play rule, why don't you explain it to us? Because I, it, it boggles me that this could actually come into play here. Well, here's the question. They judge it, A, by total points, B, I believe by head-to-head, and then C, by total goals or total goal differential. If your numbers are the exact same on all of these, what other option is there? The only way they each have, a, I believe, a plus minus of like plus five or plus six. They're each two and zero. Oh. So if they tie, their plus minus is going to be the exact same. The record's going to be the exact same. What else? There's nothing unless you want to flip a coin. What else are you going to gauge it by? I'm not saying it's the right thing. Yeah. I'm just saying there's no other option. Okay. I mean, I, I, I see your point. I just, I just think next to, it's stupid. Next, to the, next to the shootout, this is awful. I mean, I think the shootout is the stupidest thing in soccer. I think this might be second, and a very close second. Yeah. It is. It's stupid. There's just, where else, what would you like to go by? Would you like to go by total shots on goal? I mean, they have the same exact amount of goals. I think. Like, I, everything's yeah. the exact same. I don't know what else you gauge it by. Yeah, so I, I, look, so I see your I, point. The, two, the teams that have looked the best, Belgium has looked good, England has looked good, but they kind of clean up on two weak teams in Tunisia and getting the other. It may be Costa Rica. I just forget. Um, Mexico has looked really good. They play Sweden tomorrow. Uh, Germany plays uh, Germany plays Costa Rica, and Mexico looks really looks very good. But they're Mexico, so you kind of have to keep it in perspective. And you know they still have, they still actually have to get a point to clinch moving on. Um, it's been a good cup though. Portugal Spain was a phenomenal game. There's been real. I mean, the France game stunk. France hasn't looked good at all. There have been some. It's been a pretty entertaining cup. It's just not, obviously it's less entertaining because the U.S. isn't involved. You know, that's just the reality. When your home team's not involved, it's just not as much fun. Yep, that, that absolutely understand. I'm actually just grading right now the, um, the draft, which I just concluded, which is good for us. So I just got to get through the second round for a second. But, okay, so – Going forward, we know who's in most of these divisions, right? Like, who's going to play yeah. in the future? So, where do you see us coming out here? Where, where, who do you see coming out of each conference at this point? 
since we basically okay, well, know where everybody's going. Yeah, because I don't have anything in front of me. But the but the, uh, the okay. big name game for the first round, for this first knockout round is France Argentina. Um, France. Argentina looked looked good today. Fifty uh, fifty. I'll go with Argentina just to piss off French. Just to piss off the French. Um, now France has really just looked flat. Just a very a pretty easy, pretty easy division. I would take Uruguay over Russia. Um, or Uruguay, excuse me, over Portugal in a fifty-fifty game, which will probably go to penalty kicks. I'll take Spain over Russia just because, well, Spain's better than Russia, very simply. Um, I'm trying to remember the fourth game. I just can't do it off the top of my head. Yeah, you got to give me a second. Um, I just can't think of the other game off the top of my head. Okay, fair enough. So, so we'll switch over from the from the NBA from from Major excuse me from World Cup to the NBA, and I'd like to congratulate you. You finally won. Woohoo! And you won Denmark Croatia, which is why. Okay. And you won, my friend, because I took an offer in the last five picks. <laughs> an, abs- an absolute, oh, I'm just looking at this, an absolute offer. You beat me by nine points, 72, so this is out of a possible 150. So you got about halfway. So you beat me 72 to 63. And the last five picks, I went zero, 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 and zero. And... How those five picks? So that's what I was looking at. So as as those, of those five picks, one, two got drafted, and the other three got drafted in the second round. So the last five picks I had were Danny Horder, who obviously Kevin got Herter. drafted. Kevin Horder, excuse me. Melton out of USC. We both had Gary Trent Jr. I had Diop out of Ohio State, and I had Kyrie Thomas, who went much earlier than either one of us thought he was going to go. No, I'm sorry, not Kyrie Thomas. I'm sorry. I had Kyrie Thomas. It was Kyrie uh, Thomas was first round. Pick in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I didn't. Then I didn't lose that badly. I'm sorry. Then I lost 72 to 66. 72 to 67. I I didn't catch that. So I lost by five. Okay. Because you had Troy Brown, who went 15th overall, number 30, but you hit on Musa going to the Nets. And that totally swung you. So we both hit on, obviously, DeAndre Ayton, and we both hit on Bagley. We both missed on the trade of Donick and Young, but we got fours, right? We both hit on Colin Sexton. You hit on Kevin Knox. Uh, you hit on Hutchinson to the Bulls, and you hit on Musa. I did. I hit on three guys, but to be fair, I did call Michael Porter dropping like a rock. He did. He did. He did. Right. Uh, so I I said that there would be two guys that would drop, and I said one of them would be Lonnie Walker, and one of them would be Michael Porter. And both of them did. Well done, my friend. 
Thank you. I still well lost. Done. But I but I did but I did call the two drops. Walker I had at nineteen and he went eighteen. And I had Porter going even higher than he did. Uh I had him going to eleven and he went to fourteen. So you know, the first half of the draft was pretty much chalk, right? I mean the players were all messed yeah. up, but we kinda got uh, we knew who the first we said we knew who the first six players were going to be. They just went in a different order. I was very surprised by the trade, by Trey Young going to the Hawks and the Mavericks giving up their number one pick next year. Top five protected, which is not really a big protection, to go grab Donich. They obviously thought that he was the best player in the draft, and yeah. they could groom him. But holy cow, they gave up a, a lot to, to jump two picks. When I'm not even sure that Atlanta would have taken him to begin with. I'm not either. Uh, although I think, I think I like the trade a little bit more than you do. I mean, I guess their feeling is this. Donich, in their mind, is the best player in this draft. I don't, mm-hmm. even, think, I don't even think that's a question. Nelson is, you know, Don mm-hmm. Nelson is, or I guess Donnie Nelson, there for 20 years. Is Mr. International and, and, you know, kind of leans in that direction anyway. I think Dallas has two or three first-round picks next year also. I could be wrong. But this to them is their game changer. This is a guy who's going who's gonna to complement Smith, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who will, be a, who will be the mainstay for the next 10 years, hopefully, for that team. I also kind of wonder, well, you know, more than almost any team, Dallas has t- you know Dallas has been one of the mainstays internationally due to Nowitzki, and this is you know from a marketing perspective, I am hoping they're not making a pick based on marketing, but this is continue- will be a continuation because Doncic is probably the most heavily recruited, heavily recruited, heavily thought of Scouted. international player. Yep. I want to say almost since Yao Ming. I mean, yeah. You know, Barjani may have gone higher, but Barjani never got never got the publicity that Doncic did. And nope. You know, so I mean, the expectation is this guy's 19 and he's the best player in Europe as a 6'10 two guard. You know, if this is what you feel you need to make. Or I also think they wanted to make one last run at the playoffs with Nowitzki. And I think they think that, that Doncic, based upon his playing pretty much professionally for three years, is the most apt, the most able to help in that regard. Now, whether they can do okay, that so or not is, is a different story. Okay, so two things. First of all, the D- Dallas does not have another another number one draft pick next year. I just checked on that. They don't. So, okay. So they do not. So they gave up their number one, top five protected, which is still a good protection. But if they are trying to make the playoffs next year, it won't matter, right? I mean, it won't be in the top five. Right. Like, we know that yeah. if they're trying to make the playoffs. They also have the second most cap room in the NBA. So, I, I mean, we're going to start talking free agency later, and we will. But I think you're going to see him, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, look at free agents and look at a lot of them. And particularly as a center, because they don't have one. So 
you're yeah, looking but, at they're but, they're gonna they're good. Go ahead. Well, I think that they're that like you said, they're primed to make a run. So if they're looking to make a run and not use next year's first round pick, they would look to sign a DeAndre Jordan or look to sign a Boogie Cousins. Look to sign a guy that can that could fill in that roster since they have that much cap room. So I understand what you're saying. I totally get it. I just think they gave up too much. And we're going to get to another trade, which I think is ridiculous what they did. But that's later on in the draft. But, man, they gave up, they gave up a lot. First-round picks are gold. Yeah. Because first-round pick, I mean, you have, you have identifiable cap that you have guys. Look, the best, the best salary cap contract in any sport is the rookie contract, right? Because they're not yeah. getting paid their value. There's no way. There's no way these guys are getting paid what they bring to the table. So I just think it's a lot. I just think it's a lot. I think, I think the Magic made out great. With, I think, think the, the Magic, Magic made, made out, out great. Bamba? I like that pick. I do. I think they made I think they made out more than the Hawks did. Look, I like Trey Young. Okay, I think he's going to be an okay player. I think he'll be an average player. I don't think he's an All Star. I think the Magic made out great because I think they they were able to not pick the guy that everybody wanted them to pick. Look, sometimes sometimes the best pick is the one that you don't make, not the not the one that you do. Where you get? Yeah, I, no, I, I think a lot of teams. No, I completely – I agree. Keep continuing. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up when you're done. Yeah, I just think that they were saved from picking the guy that everybody wanted them to pick, the savior. I think Bamba, as we said before, may have the best upside in this draft. He's going to go to a team where he learns from Bismarck, at least as a defensive player, and he can grow with whatever team that they have, and he's got absolutely no pressure going on in Orlando. I think that's a great pick for them. I think they locked out. I agree. I wouldn't have taken Trey Young at five or six either. Um, again, you know, when we made these mock picks, they weren't the picks that we make. They, they weren't the picks that we would make. They're the picks we assume other people would make. Um, I would have taken Sexton if I was Orlando at six instead of Bamba because I don't even know who their point guard is at this point. But I have no issue with it, and I agree. It's a better pick than Trey Young. I understand Atlanta's trying to build Golden State Golden State East uh, with your with your poor your poor man Clay Thompson and Kevin Herter and your really really poor man Stephen Curry in um, in Trey Young. But and you know I look at Atlanta, they have I think three first round picks next year. I could be wrong. Is it three or four? It's some obscene. It's some obscene. It's some obscene number. Um, sorry. Hold on. I uh, props to Atlanta. I mean, I, I I mean not props. Like again, I wouldn't have taken Young at five. But I think also with Atlanta, it's a little different. Atlanta desperately needed somebody, some kind of spark, some kind of something. And Jalen Jackson, who may end up being a really nice player, is not that guy. You know, they needed something like you can't you're not gonna you can't sell a team based on Jalen Jackson. Uh you can't base a team ba- 
based on really Marvin Bagley. Like Trey Young, for whatever it's worth, will put people in the seat. Although it's Atlanta, so I really have no faith in Atlanta sports sense putting ever putting anything into the seat. But you get my point. Yeah, I'm trying to find if Atlanta has any extra picks because I'm not seeing it. But it's certainly possible. I'm 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 looking for the for the at the mock drafts and I don't see them taking anybody. But they, you know, they only I have two be, first round. No, no, you're right. You're right. No, no, they got they got Cleveland and they got their own and they yeah Cleveland and their own. That's it. So they got two. So, so wait, they got what about fourteen What pick. about this one? What about in the trade who? they just made with Dallas. In the trade they just made with Dallas. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the third one. Yep. You're absolutely right. So they have three. Yep. If it, well, in this projection, they have Dallas as the fourth pick. So that way they don't get it. So, okay. Fair okay. enough. So they got three first rounders. That's where I was making a mistake. So, all right. Who was your surprise pick in this draft? Because I, I have a couple. Troy, yep. <laughs> okay. Troy Young is 15. You mean Troy Brown? Mind boggling. Troy Brown, excuse me. You mean Troy At 15 is mind boggling. Washington needs a lot of things. What they don't really need, considering they just signed Otto Porter to a zillion dollar contract, and I'm not really exaggerating, is kind of that 2 3 swing, unless they're going to trade Beal. But, but Troy, you know, he didn't really, Troy Brown didn't really shoot very well at Oregon. Um,. I think that was too high. I thought Jerome Robinson, who I didn't, or it was Jerome Robinson, correct, from Boston College? Yep. Yep. Went went, I didn't even numbers. have him in the first round. He went number 13 instead of, well, a Porter or a Lonnie Walker or even a Robert Williams to replace, um, to replace DeAndre Jordan, who I assume is leaving. Well, you know, Surprised me. Obviously, Robert Williams falling to 27, I think everyone was surprised by. Those are the three shockers for me. Okay, so so my three shockers, and you've been breaking up in the in the past couple of minutes. Uh, neither one of us had Grayson Allen in the first round. No. So I'll call that a shocker. So him going 21 to the Jazz, it makes perfect sense. They need shooters, so that works. But him going that high was surprising to me, obviously, because I didn't have him there. I also didn't have Mo Wagner in the first round. Him going to the Lakers seemed a little bit of an overshot to me. I'm just trying to figure out what the Lakers are doing because who knows what they're doing. Uh, they, they, today, Magic Johnson said, if I, don't get two, if I don't get two number one free agents in, in the next two years, I'm going to resign. That's what he said. Brilliant. Good luck. Brilliant. Good luck with that. Brilliant. That that reminds me of Jimmy Buss's promise of not making the playoffs. Okay, so that was number two. And I would also say, hmm. Look, you're you're right on. Uh, I'm surprised Mikael Bridges fell as much as he did. I know you had him at, spot on at ten, and I had him at seven. But I'll tell you, that trade, that trade was awful on so many levels for the, for the Suns. <laughs> I, get, I get what the Suns are doing. Look, 
The Suns got the first pick in the second round. They got their point guard in the second round. They got DeAndre Ayton in the first round along with Bridges. They they combined those with Josh Jackson and uh, Devin Booker, and they got themselves a nice core. Don't get me wrong. They have a really nice starting starting five, really young starting five, but that starting five is earning no money whatsoever, right? They can go out and get basically whatever – Whatever free agents they want to go get, they can go get. Because them and Detroit, sorry, not Detroit, them and Dallas and the Lakers, those are three teams that have oogles of cap money. I mean, you can say that the the Sixers have some, the Pacers are going to have a little bit, probably about $17 which to me and you is a lot of money, but in the NBA, not really. But those three teams have oogles of money. But holy cow, did you give up a lot to go get him. So what they gave up was Miami's pick in 2021. Now, why is this important? Why am I stressing how valuable a pick is four years from now or three years from now? So there have been reports, and I I think they're very valid at this point, that 2021 will be the first time since uh, since LeBron James, I think, that high schoolers will be allowed in the NBA draft. And my Lord, what a draft that will be. So you're going to have such an influx of talent. You're going to have high school seniors and one-and-done freshmen in the same draft. You know how deep that draft is going to be? That, that draft in the top – Nobody should be trading their first-round pick or second-round pick in the t- 2021 draft if that comes to, be, comes to play. The talent pool is going to be huge. To be a senior in that draft is the worst luck of all time. And if you are a junior or a sophomore in that draft, do not come out at all. <laughs> Stay in school. Get your degree. Your degree should be in economics. Because you're not going to make any money when you come out. So, wow. So they gave up a 2021 first-round pick to get Mikhail Bridges when they could have had Zari Smith, who I really don't think is that much of a lesser player. He's also probably the fastest player in the draft and the lengthiest player in the draft and might be the best defensive player in the draft. And Lord knows when you have a team of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Josh Jackson, defense is kind of important. So that that trade, I, I, I just threw my hands up and said, once again, the 76ers outsmarted everybody. No, they didn't. You're looking at it from the completely wrong way. And okay. This is exactly what – look, I agree with you. I think it's a great trade for Philly. But you're missing why Phoenix did it. Why did Bill do share, trade? Professor Kamen. Do, do share, why Professor Kamen. Do share. Why did Billy King trade for all these veterans? Five or do you want the years? answer? Yeah. As they Not said, in, in, hold on. As Mel Brooks said in Blazing Saddles, we have to save our freaking freaking jobs, gentlemen. We have to save our freaking Vidic jobs. 
Why do you think Ryan McDonough doesn't give a crap about trading for a trading their number twenty one their twenty one nineteen their two thousand twenty one pick? Because Ryan McDonough has to keep his goddamn job. And this team has been rebuilding for five years under him, has done nothing. They're, he's, they were worse off than when he came in. And my guess is if he doesn't make the playoffs or at least show a noticeable improvement in the next year or so, he's gone. The most ready three and three, most ready. The most Sorry. Most ready wing player in this draft is Mikael Bridges. Do you think Ryan McDonough is going to give us Dude, dude, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. I just, I get what you're saying. Okay, I get what you're saying. So, so they're saving the saving his job, so he doesn't care about 2021. But at the same time, first of all, you got DeAndre Ayton. You're going to improve. If you don't improve. This is a big problem anyway. You got the number one pick in the draft. How do you not improve? Because you need to improve not by five or six games or by seven or eight games. I think that he needs – think about the trades he has made, the, the things that he has done. I think you have to either be at the precipice of the playoffs or in the playoffs or you're out. This is not, he is not in a position where he can build at this point. He's been there for five years, six years, something like that. They've never made the playoffs, I don't believe. So he is in a different situation. And that's that's why I think – I honestly think that's why he made this trade. I really do. Okay. Okay, by the way, the words were phony baloney jobs. I just remembered it. You have to say they're phony baloney jobs, gentlemen. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So for the first time – in a long time, Seth has beaten me, 72 to 67, and I don't even have a chance to get back until next year's NFL playoffs and NFL draft. So I, I beseech your greatness when it comes to getting less than half the points in the NBA draft. Congratulations. Well done. So Thank you for that, for so that we marvelous have, and, heart, and heartwarming uh, congratulations. Much appreciated. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so NBA free agency. I won't get into the NHL yet because John Tavares hasn't signed yet, and I'm still holding out hope that my Islanders do something with him. So we got the NBA free agency will start July 1st. The first question that I have is LeBron James, by I believe it's Saturday, has to say Friday. whether he is going to opt Friday – has to say, well, that would be by Saturday, has to say that whether he is going to opt in to this contract or not. One year, $35 million, which is actually more than he would make if he opted out and went anywhere else, including Cleveland. Does he opt in? I don't have the slightest idea. Well, I'm asking you for a guess. My guess is he opts out. Um, you know, more and more people are saying he's going to go back. I don't know what's out there for him. Um, you know, the one thing you can say about Cleveland 
Okay, I'm going on an elevator, so stay with me for a minute. Well, you started a, you started a sentence. So I believe Max Kellerman said this on ESPN, and I, and, and, and I think there's some credence to it, that LeBron doesn't want pitches. He doesn't want... He doesn't want teams coming after him like he did for the decision or even before that or even last time. He just wants to make up his own mind. And I can understand that. And what Kellerman said, and again, I agree, is that if you're looking for any team other than the Cavaliers and the Lakers, you need to have a pitch. You need to tell LeBron how you're going to be implemented. If you're going to go to Philadelphia, how are we implementing you in this system? If you're going to if you're going to Boston, you have to figure out how the heck that who's going to still be there when we trade for you because there has to be a trade in mind. If you go to Houston, same deal. You have to understand who's still going to be there at the end of the day. All of these places, if you go to San Antonio, will Kawhi even be there? There are only two places in the NBA where there is no discussion necessary. One is Cleveland, where he knows where he fits in. And one is the Lakers, where they don't have to lose anybody. They can sign him outright. There are only three teams in the NBA that can sign him outright. One is Phoenix. He's not going to Phoenix. One is Dallas. I can't believe he'd go to Dallas. Although, you know what? Dallas is just as good as any other team right now. I mean... If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go to uh, San Antonio, I might take going to Dallas over San Antonio right now. But he's not a fan he's of Carlisle. He is a fan, right? Uh, well, I'm I'm just saying, like as far as the structure of the team, the team is not bad now with Donich and if they, but whatever, it doesn't matter. He's not going to Dallas and the Lakers, and he knows where he fits in in the Lakers. He's the guy. That's it. They don't have to get rid of Ball. They don't have to get rid of Ingram. They can just sign him outright. Those are three teams in the NBA they can sign him outright. So if he doesn't want to hear pitches, and granted, I do understand there's some back-channeling in the NBA, those are the two teams that he doesn't have to hear a pitch for. So he's either going to Cleveland or he's going to the Lakers. And I believe he will opt out, and I believe he will sign another one-and-one deal. Where he, where we go through this all over again next year. Do you think he? So sorry, I, I have my apologies. I just pulled into the garage and just walked up. So you believe he's going to opt out and then sign with Cleveland in a one and in a one and a one and a one and a one and one. One and a one. Yep. One and a one. Yeah. That's Absolutely. I, I, think that, going. I, I think that's what happens. Yes, I, I, I'm really, I'm pretty much with you. Um. There's just not that many options out there. And, you know, the one and one puts him in a prime. Yes, it'll put him in the same position next year, the same situation next year. But I think it also gives him a little bit of time, A, to see if this Cleveland, you know, there is a lot of young people in Cleveland, whether he wants to stay or not. You know, the one thing I was, was going to say is, you know, we all mock Cleveland for obvious reasons. But also, forgetting the Kyrie Irving trade, they have tried. They have made a lot of trades and made a lot, done a lot of things for LeBron. You know, including signing his guys 
you know, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, they've traded for youth, they traded for athleticism. Now I'm not going to say they all worked. They certainly didn't. Um, he's just in a very weird situation. He's in a very weird situation. Although, I, I, and I didn't have a chance to mention this, I can't imagine any weirder situation than Dallas recruiting uh, Deontay Jordan, DeAndre Jordan. It, yeah, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. If I was Mark, I, I don't know how you can, you, can, you can sign DeAndre Jordan if you're Dallas. I, I don't know how you gonna can. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, I, I, I think that's going nice to happen. But, seven, but I'll get to that in a second. Here's, here's my question for you. So, num- the number one team spending money over the last five years has been, in salaries, has been who? Cleveland. Okay, number two is who? I bet you'd be surprised by this. The L.A. Clippers. Okay, you're not surprised by it. You obviously either read the same thing I did, or you actually knew that. <laughs> How much less have the Clippers spent than the, than the Cavaliers? If I remember correctly, it was about so 435. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not in front of it, but I think it was about $35 okay, so million dollar difference. No, it's even more. It's like 60. It's like sixty it really? million dollars. Yeah, it's like four eighty-five to four twenty or something like that. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's half the cap. <laughs> it's half of one year's cap. So to say that Dan Gilbert hasn't done everything for Cleveland is preposterous. Look, I know that the relationship between LeBron and Dan Gilbert probably will never be buddy buddy. Let's hug it out because of what he said after LeBron left the last time. But to say that Dan Gilbert hasn't tried to put a winner together with LeBron, I think is one of the stupidest comments that anybody can ever make. He has done everything and anything to appease this guy. And quite simply, if LeBron turns his back on Cleveland at this point, I, I think he deserves all the ridicule. I really do. Because he set them up this year by, by, by the Thompson uh, contract, by the J.R. Smith contract, by the acquisition that he wanted to get rid of Kyrie, go on and on and on. Not that he wanted to get rid of Kyrie, sorry. That, he, that the attitude that he fostered with Kyrie to force Kyrie out, that he, the Cavaliers are in cap hell if he leaves. They can't sign another guy for like three years. They are yeah. in purgatory in the NBA. They are an eight seed. If that. Yeah, I mean, then. Unless Colin Sexton becomes Kyrie Irving. Yeah, what you're looking at realistically is you're trading Kevin Love for a first round pick. I mean, you're trading Kevin you Love hope. has some value. Right, you hope. And You hope. But someone, yeah, but someone like Tristan Thompson. You're literally trading his contract and possibly two first-round picks to get rid of his contract. I mean, that's what you're looking at. Well, you're looking at a complete well, mess. Well, here's the interesting thing. Cleveland doesn't have a pick next year, first or second round. That's why they, they need have to nothing. trade to get them so badly. Right, but that's what I'm saying. So you're trading Kevin Love. Kevin Love's got a contract that's $20 million. Again, how are you getting rid of these contracts? These contracts, you can't just say goodbye. You gotta, somebody else has to absorb it. 
So the only place that you're trading is either a team that has cap room, which we already identified that there's only three or four in the entire league that have it, or you're absorbing players back that may have less years with the same cap space. And that means you're killing your team for next year when you don't have a first-round pick. It's, it's like a double it's, – it's the Nets all over again. And, look, like I said before, if he leaves, he deserves all the ridicule in the world for leaving because he's put them in this position. Has he won them a championship? Absolutely. Has he pr- fulfilled his promise? Yes. Has he demanded that Dan Gilbert do everything and anything to make this team better? Yes. Has Dan Gilbert fulfilled that promise? Yes. Now it's on LeBron. So, all right. Now that I've gotten that mantra out. Okay. We have some other free agents, so I'd like some predictions here. Where does DeAndre Jordan go to? Or does he? Does he even opt out? He doesn't have to. He opts out. I want to say any place except for Dallas. But Dallas is the most obvious. No, that's that's not fair. Try again. You can't do that. I know. I don't know where he goes. Um, you know, you look at the teams with with Indiana's not going to sign him. Uh Denver is not going to sign – I mean, not Denver. Um, the Nets are not going to sign him. Atlanta is not going to sign him. Dallas, I can't see him staying with the Clippers. I guess Dallas. But I, I, I don't know. You know for, those of you, for those of you who wonder why I brought this up, if you remember correctly a couple of years ago, Jordan and Mark Cuban have agreed – not in principle, have agreed to a contract. Yep. And literally, yep. the Clippers, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Doc Rivers, locked him in a room until he changed his mind. Yep. And it was insane. No, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, no, obviously not Phoenix. I don't know where else, I don't know what else is a fit. What do you got in mind? I don't. I just don't see him going well, back. Your, going nowhere. Well, but let's remember: a, he, if he goes back, it's twenty-three point four million dollars. Okay, there's nothing to sneeze at there. If he leaves, how many teams can give him twenty-three point four million dollars? Not many. So then there's that. If he opts in, he could be traded. Right? You could have an opt-in and trade. That's possible. Not likely, but certainly possible that he can do that. And that way you can match salaries. I've already told you I think he's headed to Dallas. I do. I absolutely think he's headed to Dallas. I think to let bygones be bygones. That was like five years ago already. And what better way for Mark Cuban to say F you to Chris Paul and beat him in his own state with DeAndre Jordan. And and doesn't that team look good if you get DeAndre Jordan? Yeah. Doesn't that look that like a solid team? You right on the, that puts you in the East. That would make you a three or a four seed. In the West, I'm still not sure you make the playoffs. But it is certainly oh, you, a disaster. 
Okay. So, can we assume that Kevin Durant is going to resign? Yes. Hello. Yeah, I said yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't, nobody heard it but you. Okay. Paul George. Where is Paul George going? Or is he staying in Oklahoma City? I think this is where we have to see what, what LeBron does first. Like, it, it's a, I mean, as much as we both love Bill Ingram's pick of Utah, which honestly makes an enormous amount of sense if they can afford it, and I don't have the cap space in front of me. Realistically, it looks like either a one a one plus one in Oklahoma, or go to LA. The problem I have is if he goes to LA and LeBron doesn't, he's not die to be a number one to bring a team to the next level. Um, I think LeBron if LeBron's going to is going to end up signing a one and one. I am not surprised if Paul George does the same thing, and then we have this whole situation next year. So I'm trying to find the salary cap for 2018. Oh, $101 million. So, and the Jazz have 85. Can they renounce any of that? Hold on. Team options so they can get rid of four, five. So they got 80 million. So they could start at 25 million, which is less than the max. So could they find a way to get the max, get max room for the Jazz? Yeah, they could. I mean, they can make a trade here or a trade there. Um, they wouldn't be able to re-sign Derek Favors, who is a free agent this year. They'd probably have to get rid of Jay Crowder, who teams would be, would happily take on that contract. So if they got rid of Jay Crowder, that's another seven. Yeah, they'd have max room if they got rid of Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder would kind of be superfluous if they have – you like that word – superfluous if they have – Paul George. I think George goes for a one-and-one as well. I I hate agreeing with you, but I think that's what he does. We go through this again with him next year. The problem is, when you go through this again next year, there are lots of teams with cap room next year. Yep. I mean, lots and lots of teams that have cap room next year. I mean, I'm even just looking at, at the Jazz next year. The Jazz have four guys signed. That's it. They lose, they lose $40 million on the cap next year. <laughs> They're down to $45 million on their cap. Now, that's, beyond, that's without extensions or maybe signings this year, but there's a lot of money to be had next year. So I think you might see the same thing one and one. Unfortunately, that means that Paul George, once again, is playing with Carmelo Anthony, who, uh, who, went, who opted into his contract. And I absolutely have no problems with that. Look, I'm actually happy the Knicks got out of it, but I have no problems with that. Okay, DeMarcus Cousins, where does Boogie wind up? And how many years do you think he gets? Well, He's not getting the five, his five-year max that he wanted. If Dallas is getting Jordan, they're not getting Cousins. The Suns don't want him anymore. The Lakers, 
you know, the funny thing is, is LeBron never really made a big man better. He didn't make Bosch better. He didn't make Love better. I'm not sure he's going to, now again, those weren't, Boogie was a different kind of player. I'm not sure he's going to make Boogie anything. I guess Nor- he resigns with New Orleans. Um, you know, although they played better without, uh, without uh, what's his name, without Kevin, without uh, without him in, in the playoffs. I don't know their contract situation. Consider holiday to 125 million, and Davis is going to be active. But I guess I would assume he's going to resign at a two or three at a three year deal. At what is it, 25, okay. 30 million? So the- so the, wow, you're only giving him twenty five, thirty million for three, or are you giving him seventy five million for three per year? Per year, seventy five to ninety. Okay, I think, I think that's ridiculously high. I don't think he gets anywhere close to that. I think he go, he gets a two year deal for sixteen a year, thirty two in total, and he comes back out in two years if he can prove that he's healthy. I don't think he gets anywhere close. Okay, so we got about 10 more minutes, so I'm going to group these two guys together. You tell me, are they staying with their teams? And if they're not staying with their teams, they're both restricted free agents, where are they most likely to go? I, I will give you Clint Capella and Julius Randle. Julius Randle is gone, I, don't, I think. Where is he um, going? Team that, that really needs a power forward. Uh Damn, dude, I didn't write down the team. I didn't really write down these teams. Um, I wonder if he ends up at some place like Milwaukee, who's going to let they let Jabari Parker walk. Well, that was the next um, guy. So Parker's, uh, uh, yeah, Parker's. I don't think he's going to retire. Parker, I think wants. That I mean, guy. I could put. I, I mean, I could put all three guys in the same boat because they're all restricted free agents. Houston so I think Julius Randle. So I'll tell you, I think Julius Randle winds up in Indiana. I think Thaddeus Young opts out of his contract, and I think they're looking for a guy that's younger that can play with Miles Turner, who can step out. And I think Randle's their power forward. I think that's a perfect match for that team. I think Indiana and him are great. Capella. I think, look, I, I just had DeAndre Jordan going to Dallas, but wouldn't Mark Cuban look really smart if he could sign Capella to an offer sheet and either make Houston re-sign him at a max deal, which would be ridiculously expensive for Houston over the cap, or steal him at a max deal at 24 years old where he is basically DeAndre Jordan light? Yeah, and could become Dallas, DeAndre Jordan? Yeah. If I'm Dallas, that's what I want. I want Capella. To me, I would prefer over Jordan. Um, and that's what I – if we had gone over Capella first, that's where I would have done with this conversation. So, I agree. Yeah, I think Dallas would now, be a perfect fit. Now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, when, when you deal with the restricted free agency, I believe it's a three-day window in which you have to – 
So that money cannot be spent anywhere else. So if you're Houston and Dallas gives you a, a gives Clint Capella a contract of a max deal, Houston will absolutely wait all three days. They will tie that money up. And they and Dallas cannot spend that money anywhere else for those three days. So during those three days, you'll see free agents come off the board, which Dallas can't do a damn thing about. So when you're weighing options, if you're Dallas, you're weighing whether is DeAndre Jordan going to be gone by the time that Houston may re-sign Clint Capella? We don't know. So that's, that's the hurdle with restricted free agency. Okay. So you think Capella could get a max contract. I agree with you. He could. I think Randall gets like $13 million from, from I was somebody. Say $12 million like a year said, for four years, something like that. Okay. And I think Indiana, that's about what they're paying uh, Thaddeus Young. So I think that works very well in there. Where is Jabari Parker winding up? Because that's an interesting mix of a guy that needs to rebuild but also wants a lot of money. And I'll tell you one place, and you're not going to like it, I think he could wind up with the Nets. I was about to say that, actually. And I don't <laughs> dislike it. But I don't think he's going to get the money. That's fine. I mean – you know, I no, I was actually thinking the same thing. You know, Hollis Jefferson is kind of that three four combo. You know, they want big athletic guys who can shoot. And the problem with Jefferson is he can't really shoot. Now the the question with Parker is because Parker has been so injured over the last two or three years, and it's funny, the Nets were the first team that came to my mind is the Nets have cap room and is I can't imagine most teams are going to offer him more than two or three years because he has not proven to be anything more than a, a scorer and a scorer who really can't stay healthy. So you're going to get, I mean, I don't, and the Nets have the room. The Nets are an up and coming organization where he'll get time to play and he could build into something really nice. I actually think it makes a lot of sense. If that's the con- if that's who they want to go after, the question is, in you know Dwight, they, they, Dwight Howard is off their books after next year. I mean, they have the buyout. They're gonna ha- are they do they want to use that their their available money and they have over twenty million to take on somebody plus another pick for the year, or do they want to wait until the twenty nineteen free agency? What they want to do is gonna to me is fascinating actually. They've done such a nice job with kind of building out of nowhere. They have a team with a decent amount of talent considering their situation. It's amazing how a trade five years ago could do this to them. Um, I think he makes sense. I don't know what you offer him, though. Because I have a feeling, and I agree, that his, his view of his value and everyone else's view of his value are two very, very different things. Well, last year, when he was coming off uh, the knee surgery, the Bucks did try to re-sign him, and they were nowhere close. I mean, nowhere close. I think they were offering him, look, this is reported, 13 for three years, so 39, and he wanted something like 21 starting. And this is when you're yeah, coming off two ACL surgeries. I mean, you're so far yeah. in different stratospheres that you, you really don't know any better. Okay, so we got four minutes left. Um, if you'd like to go first, please do, and I will follow up with, from you. 
Well, first of all, congratulations to Tower Hall, the first devil ever to win the MVP and to take away some of Sean's hard-earned money. Um, Because I think he bet on the field. (laughs) I did. Uh, Jokes aside, if if you can read the article, uh, it was an article in in Star Ledger about Bobby Chez, who was an all-time great uh, boxer who was actually a member of Mensa. And he's now bagging groceries at, at ShopRite. If, if that is not a story about the boxing world and, you know, the situations that go with it, take a look at it. it it's also, it's on Ring TV as well, ringtv.com, there's a link to it. But it's an amazing article and really just tragic and just kind of shows how, what happens to these guys. You know, you know someone who had the world literally by the proverbial you know what, and just kind of let it all fall apart. Really an amazing read. And congrats to every, all the winners for both the NBA and awards. I kind of missed the NBA award, you know, the MVP award kind of during the game, during the season, as opposed to, or during the playoffs, as opposed to two months later, when people don't even want to go. Anyway, that's all I got. All right, so congratulations to Anthony Anderson with the greatest joke I have heard at an NBA award show ever. Granted, I don't watch very much. Quote to James Harden. Well, quote to James Harden. As your beard gets longer, do you play less defense? (laughs) And and he was remarking that Chris Paul was growing a beard. So (laughs) we we don't want Chris Paul growing any beards if that's the case. But congratulations to all the winners. Look, this is the uh, most turbulent time of the year for Islander fans probably the most turbulent time of the decade. Uh, we'll find out by next show whether John Tavares is an Islander or not. It is gut-wrenching. Look, I, there are not many times where my team or any of my team has a top 10 player in, in their respective sport. In fact, I, in fact, I can't remember the last time that, I, that a free agent from a New York team, a strictly New York team, that was a homegrown talent, did not re-sign. I think it was Zach Parisi. And I'm not sure New Jersey counts as a New York team. But that would be the last guy. No, look, I'm just saying, when Parisi left, Devils fans were heartbroken. Now, the fact that he signed a a 15-year contract is something entirely different, which is no longer allowed. And right now, the Minnesota Wilds are regretting at least the last 10 years of that deal. But the fact is, we will know by Sunday whether John Tavares, JT, is an Islander. And number 91, come back to the island. We'll give you free bagels for life. Believe it or not, that's free bagels for life. That's been offered. Next week, we will have our July 4th show. We'll recap the first start of NBA and NHL free agency. Always an interesting show. I'll be live from Maine. I have no idea where Seth will be, but another state, another venue for the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. So for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. We'll see you all next week. Have a great week, everybody. Have a good one.